0: This is the only in Miami show sponsored by Morningside Mortgage Corporation of Bay Harbor Islands. Tonight's show is hosted by Grant Stern. Find out more about our sponsor at www.MorningsideMortgage.com. That's www.MorningsideMortgage.com.
1: You're listening to the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiamiradio.com. News, politics, culture, and more. Check it out at onlyinmiamiradio.com. We are coming to you live from Shots Bar in Wynwood 323 Northwest. Uh, uh northwest 23rd street 311 northwest 23rd street come on out we are taking your questions from 7 45 until every question is answered it's not too late tonight we are having the miami transit forum and we have some very special guests we have florida house minority leader keone mcgee he's a florida state representative who represents a district here in miami-dade county Keone McGee will be with us live answering your questions, and he'll be on the program in just a couple of minutes. We also have Miami-Dade County Commission Chairperson Esteban Vovo, and we have Miami Transit Alliance... Uh, director, Marta Viciedo as well as a Miami-Dade County Commission candidate who is challenging Rebecca Sosa. Her name is Marianne Vargas. She is in District 6, and we have a phenomenal show planned for you tonight, so stay tuned if you're out there on the road, and if you want to stop by Shots Winwood, 311 Northwest 23rd Street, we will be here until the last question is answered. Our town hall Q&A starts at 7.45 p.m., And this is what we're going to be doing tonight because there's a big vote coming up in the Miami-Dade County Commission on the 19th of July, where the the Miami-Dade County Commission is seeking to vote for Bus Rapid Transit and scrap the Miami-Dade Smart Plan when it comes to trains, the trains that Miami-Dade voters really want. This is the part of the program where I get a few minutes to speak directly with you, the listening audience, about issues of importance that impact us citywide and sometimes beyond. And tonight's show is very much about an important city issue, and there's a lot of important city and county issues that need to be discussed. But I need to take a couple of minutes to discuss the events of the last three days, and really the events of the last month, which describe the events of the last several years. Special counsel Robert Mueller dropped an incredible indictment, an extraordinary indictment of Russian military intelligence. Russian military intelligence assisted President Donald Trump in obtaining his office. And that is not in question. The FBI, the CIA, the Department of Justice, the Senate Intelligence Committee all agree on that fact. And today we witnessed not an extraordinary but a disappointing and horrifying spectacle on the world stage where Donald Trump essentially renounced his American citizenship and said that he believes Putin as much as he believes the United States government, which he leads. It's shameful. The President of the United States takes an oath of office to defend this country against all enemies, domestic and foreign. Not only did we see this disaster in Helsinki today, But I want to draw attention to something even more horrifying and more local that hits exactly home and shows you exactly the impact of Donald Trump's poisonous, poisonous government. I point you to last week, Donald Trump pardoned a pair of arsonists, right-wing arsonists who caused a standoff at a public park, a national park. And he pardoned those arsonists what happened on Miami Beach this week? A neo-Nazi had enough incendiaries to destroy a 15-story building, a 400-unit condo on Miami Beach. If you think that this is not a local problem anymore, you're right. It is not a local problem. Donald Trump, not just a global problem, it's a local problem. What Donald Trump is doing is affecting us in Miami-Dade disproportionately. This is an international city. People come here from around the world. And what we are seeing on the world stage is not only disturbing and horrifying, not only is it a breach of oath, but it is a danger to every single man, woman, and child here in South Florida. And if the events of the past week don't drive that home, go to the Miami Herald and look at the video of all of the gasoline. This man had poured gasoline down the trash chute of a 15-story building and wanted to light it on fire. This is no joke, people. This is a neo-Nazi. These are the people that are being empowered by Donald Trump. But back to local issues, because we are here for a transit forum. I have to say that in the last 10 days, the City of Miami administration has let me down more than I ever imagined they could. It's very unfortunate. I invited Mayor Suarez to come on the program last week, and he has been a tireless advocate on the transit planning organization in favor of Miami Smart Plan. But then suddenly, all in the same week or two, we've had a change of course. And Mayor Suarez has abandoned the very important advocacy that he's done for transit And he's busy right now, as we speak, working on a stadium deal with a billionaire and a Monopoly soccer company. The sad part about all of this is not just that the city of Miami doesn't know what is going to be voted on on Wednesday at their special meeting, the second meeting, to consider a big public land giveaway. Besides the fact that it's distracting from the legitimate uh, efforts to have trains in this city... And it's giving a lot of air cover for the Miami-Dade County Commission to act on a plan that they'd like to do that would do away with the Miami-Dade Smart Plan and trains and replace it with a bunch of bus rapid transit, which they say has never been done, although there is a bus rapid transit line already, and it's been done very poorly for many, many years. It takes two hours to get from South Dade to downtown Miami, and taxpayers have been paying a half-cent sales tax, for over 15 years now waiting for the train. And what have we gotten? Nothing but an extension to the airport. So we're going to have a lot to talk about today. It's unfortunate that Mayor Suarez stopped advocating for transit because he is too busy advocating for a stadium deal that most of the city does not appear to want. And I think that it's very important that the city commission consider One important fact on Wednesday, which has been barely discussed in the outright rush to give a no-bid contract to a billionaire and a monopoly. The monopoly I talk about is MLS, and people don't realize that MLS is not like a traditional sports team. Jorge Mas is just a face man, and so is David Beckham. Neither of them will own this deal. If the city of Miami gives some sort of sweetheart deal, or really any deal, to the MLS group, they're handing over a prime property in the middle of Miami-Dade, that's bigger than anything else the city owns three times the size of midtown with no plan in place and we'd be handing it off to a bunch of strangers at mls a soccer monopoly that jorge mas and david beckham have decided to join and we'll be right back this is the only in miami show
0: Royalty. She even said it's staring in the face of poverty Is that insanity or vanity? I think it's nothing but the power of the mind Believe she put it in me Because I live on my dreams I get my fantasies wings One day I'm gonna be king I'm gonna make that woman so proud of her son I know you heard about change It's gonna change come won't One come. question Will you be there? Will you be there? I'll be there with my hands held high
1: Only in Miami show. And I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiamiradio.com. News, politics, culture, and more. Check it out at onlyinmiamiradio.com. And I'd like to welcome uh, state representative and Florida House Minority Leader Keone McGee to the program tonight. Keone, thank you so much for joining me on the program.
2: Hey, Grant. Thank you very much for having us here. Um, It's been long long overdue, but I tell you what, we are appreciative for this platform.
1: It is absolutely my pleasure to have everybody out tonight, and let's get started with talking about Miami Transit. So, you're in the Florida State Legislature. What is going on on the state legislature level to try and get more trains in Miami-Dade County? Because transit is never a one-government solution. It's always a multi-government effort.
2: Well, if we recall, the, the first reality that we have to deal with is our current governor refused to accept over two billion dollars from the federal government to help to assist with the mass transit uh, in the Tampa Orlando area. That is correct. And, and, And secondly we have filed legislation uh, to deal with uh, areas such as MDX control over toll dollars, and we wanted to use those toll dollars to actually assist with the mass transit here in Miami-Dade County. Considering that MDX has uh, many uh, different toll systems here that can actually
1: contribute towards the uplift and the upbuild of these uh, train stations. Well, that's correct. My MDX instituted a whole series of open road tollings, and and there's a lot of tolls being collected. So, where's that money going now?
2: Well, that's a great question, and we're we're still asking uh, asking that question, and we're we're never going to receive a straight answer. Um, similar to asking the county about a straight answer as to when the north south uh, the north and the south corridor uh, will receive his actual train that it bargained for in
1: 2002. So, as it relates to your question, we're searching for the answer also. Well, I, I want to bring up a poll that Telemundo commissioned. It's a Mason Dixon poll. Very very. Uh, expensive poll. And it's a poll of, of Hispanics, all Hispanics in Miami-Dade County. Uh, they asked a question, which one of the following options do you feel is the best way to fund expansion of public transportation in South Florida? Number one was an increase on the ga- uh, tax on gasoline and motor fuel. Number two was expanding tolls on local roads. And number three was sales tax. Four was, uh, the, the top answer was 40% none, not needed. <laughs> look, yeah, look. Right. Look. So, I mean, they're, they're saying, hey, we don't need to pay anymore. And you're saying, hey, we could just take these gas, the, these tolls from the roads and put them in the transit.
2: So so here we are. Um, in 2002, the people chose to tax themselves as a half-cent tax for the PTP. Right. And the People's Transportation Plan. The People's plan, Transportation Plan. The
1: worst name thing I've heard uh, coming onto the ballot in a long time. And,
2: and today we have politicians who want to replace that with politicians' transportation plan. Even worse. Even worse. And when we're looking at how the monies are distributed today, we know for a fact that the people have already paid over $2 billion into the system. Uh, As of a few days ago, the county has already calculated that today they have roughly $2.6 billion on hand to build rail for the South and the North Corridor. Now, the discussion is, where should we get the money from? That's something that the county wants us to interpret from their discussion, from their talking points. But I'm here to say that the people, the people's position is this. We've already paid for it. We're not here asking you for new money. We're asking you to deliver on the promise that we've actually agreed upon in 2002 that we've already paid two point, at least $2.4
1: billion into. two. Well, that's right. I mean, we've paid all that money, and I've read a lot of Miami Herald reports that say that money has been spent on roads, money has been spent on maintenance. It's been spent on pretty much anything but transit. And now that there's some circulators going and at least a little bit of transit on the streets from this tax, um, you know, where do we go from here? Why are they trying to just... Well, let's talk about this. Why are they trying to pass something this week before the study... For the smart plan arrives on August the 3rd. Why do you think that's happening?
2: Well, well, well Grant, as, as a young prosecutor here in Miami-Dade County, I learned a long time ago that, you know, it, it, it doesn't pay to speculate as to what others are doing. But I've been trained to look at facts and look at evidence. And, and I can tell you, originally it was set for July 30th. And as we found out today, now it has been pushed to August. The commission is not meeting in August. They're off in August. Which is normal, by the way. Which is normal. So what this tells us is this. There's no question about whether or not we have the money to build these rails. There's no question on whether or not we have the dedicated rail line to build these rails. There's no question on whether or not we have the studies that have shown that the rail is what's needed. Those boxes we can check off in the affirmative. So now the real question to the county is, what is the real holdup? Are there factors that are not being presented to the, to the, to the residents of Miami-Dade County uh, that should be taken into account? The only individuals who know the answer to those questions, I believe are the folks who are standing in the way of our delivering rail to the people who actually
1: paid for it. So we just saw a historic election a special election that re- replaced a county commissioner who was sitting for 20 years in the heart of Miami-Dade County. Um, I'm, of course, talking about Eileen Higgins, and this is county politics. They're not allowed to say, uh, like Marion is not allowed to say that she's a Democrat, right. but uh, Eileen is a Democrat. Do you think that the Democratic Party's activism in local elections is going to finally... Like catch fire with this transit debacle that's unfolding when people go to the polls in November.
2: Let me let, let's and we have to be careful here, Grant and 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 let me answer the question by saying this, right? In Miami Dade County, we don't care whether you're a Republican, Democrat, or independent. The rail issue is a is a quality of life issue that transcends across Hispanics, black and white. Democrats and Republicans, gay and straight, because the train does not care whether you you have any label. The only thing the train understands is whether or not you have the resources to put it on a track and maintain and operate this particular train. Now, as it relates to the the, the Democrats and the Republicans, it's no secret I am the incoming minority leader of the Florida House, and I have two jobs. That is to bring parity into the House as it relates to the numbers, because right now the majority party controls the money, and the majority party controls the policy. Because they control the money and the policy, that allows for them to dictate the politics. But the one thing they don't have, Grant, that I can tell you, they don't have the people. And I can tell you right now, based upon the poll that you mentioned earlier, over 70%, and if we put this into true perspective, right? True perspective tells us that we're saying when you find 10 people, For every 10 residents of Miami-Dade County, there are seven of them who are saying to the county, you made a promise to us in 202 that if we were simply to tax ourselves at a rate of a half-cent tax, and we do that willingly and voluntarily, that the county would honor that promise and deliver the rail that the people actually taxed themselves to do. And simply said right now is, Seven people for every 10 you find in Miami-Dade County simply want the promise to be executed. They want rail, and we want to give them the rail.
1: Well, so does, uh, does that mean, and, and hold your applause for the end. Thank you, guys. Uh, does that mean that if voters elect more Democrats in the House, that will also help with Miami-Dade's rail situation? Because the Miami-Dade delegation, for the first time, was seven Democrats and six Republicans uh, in this past year. But it could be very different at the end of these elections.
2: You know, Grant, I, I have distinct pleasure of serving also as the Miami-Dade uh, legislative delegation chair. And right now, uh, Democrats make up the majority here in Miami-Dade County as it relates to um, the elected officials in Tallahassee. Right. However, because of the gerrymandering that has happened year after year in the state of Florida, uh, they have the majority party has found a way to compact Democrats in one area. So for every one Democrat seat you find, you find additional four Republican majority seats. So in 2022, we're gonna have an opportunity to change that. But in the meantime, in 2018 and 2017, in 2018, we have to deal with the issue that's in front of us. I honestly believe, Grant, that the politics of the day will worry about itself But the quality of life that the people are suffering right now, that have been abandoned by our bus system to the tune of over 10 million miles that have been cut by the Miami-Dade transit system, I honestly believe the people, the people, will come, will unite under one banner. They will shake off the partisan divide for this single issue because they understand three things. That the veterans are being placed to the side, due to not having adequate transportation to get to the VA from Florida City to downtown Miami. They understand that the small business owner who wants to grow in Homestead in Florida City cannot grow because businesses do not want to relocate to to South Dade. And also also the, the working class families, they know that they have been blocked out of public access to beaches and museums because you don't have those. As many in the South area. So today's argument is give us what we paid for, don't give us more buses and tell us it's okay, and protect those who have actually gone forward and decided to tax themselves to pay into a system that promised
1: to protect them. Well, Keone McGee, thank you so much for joining me on the program. You're, you're going to stick around, right? Oh, you're gonna of course. We're going to a little panel discussion. And we'll be right back. This is the only in Miami show. is the only in miami show and i'm your host grant stern you can find me on twitter at grant stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiamiradio.com news politics culture and more check it out at onlyinmiamiradio.com and we are back live with guest marta viciedo the co-founder of the miami transit alliance marta thank you so much for joining me on the program tonight
3: thank you for having me
1: so marta let's talk about something what are you in the mood for
3: <laughs> really? <laughs>
1: so, uh, you're an expert in transit in Miami, which could be a depressing job when when I think about it. I'm, um,
3: not- <laughs> I'm glad that you have that realization. Thank
1: you. So, there is a plan on, on the uh, commission to basically go with bus rapid transit instead of the smart plans rail components. Can you tell our audience a little bit about what the Miami-Dade Commission wants to do and whether you're in favor of it or opposed to it?
3: Well, uh, at this point, I think what is very confusing to most um, people that are following this issue is not just the shift in mode, it's that um, our our elected leaders have said we are not making any choices on mode until all of those smart plan uh, studies come back. All of a sudden, there's a decision to move forward with the mode on a corridor. Um, it's not the preferred alternative with the, uh, with, the, with the local residents. And it seems to be a lot of unilateral decision-making that is not informed by, by what residents want. Um, and as uh, State Representative Keone McGee earlier said, it's not what they've paid for.
1: Well, what are the differences for our listeners between trains and the BRT system that's being proposed?
3: Well, there's uh, quite significant differences. Um, To be fair, to be fair, what is currently uh, present, what is currently functioning on the South Dade busway is not BRT. It is um, something you would call like a express bus service or some sort of rapid service. Um, It is extraordinarily poorly done um, it we is, found
1: out that service vehicles were abusing it and tripping the lights.
3: It, well it's it's that there are um, for years for, for years. probably decades. years oh, that's been happening yes it's well, so been happening years. for for, yeah. for quite a long time. Um, the shelters don't have shelter? No uh, and and there's nowhere to
1: park if you wanted to drive to a you know transit there's, link. There's
3: only a few park and rides um, there aren't there are not significant number of park and rides um, you know park and ride lots along the corridor. Um, now, the other, the, on the other side, rail is fixed guideway. You don't have the issues of, uh, of buses breaking down. You have a much more reliable and consistent service.
1: And can we talk about one other important difference, which is, of course, the trains. You don't just pack up the train and say, I don't feel like running this thing anymore.
3: Right. Well, which happens
1: and, with Miami-Dade buses all the time.
3: And trains have a lot more capacity. They can carry many more people. Um, the one caveat, the one thing that is a challenge um, in the South Dade area is, is density. And so that any any move forward with um, with rail corridor will require an increase in density, an increase in development along the corridor. Um, well, isn't but those, that, those isn't those that investments the driver
1: though? Right. Isn't that the driver of those the, go the hand in financing hand. mechanism right. for rail, uh, for building rail? That's right. Which is that, you know, rails arrive, then property tax receipts go up because you can have more density, which means more money in the coffers and that can pay for the rail. As long
3: as the county and or the municipalities have already increased the density uh, permitted along those corridors.
1: Right, well is Miami-Dade pursuing a transit increment financing scheme too? And and
3: they've they've approved it. Okay. It has moved forward, that uh, has moved forward. Um, uh, It was sponsored by Commissioner, by the Chair Bovo.
1: Okay, well, uh, is there something you'd like to add in one minute about this conversation that I haven't asked you about?
3: Um, you know, I think at this point, with some of our recent debacles, one of our biggest issues is our constant need to invest in car infrastructure. Um, we have a proposal to build um, 836 Extension way out into the Everglades um, with some another sort of another sexy highway. Another sexy highway. <laughs> um, it is, it is an, it's is—it insanity to continue to build up more spaces for cars, um, and it really calls to attention. Most people don't know this, but we don't have a transportation department. I mean, I'm sorry, we don't have a transportation authority. We have a transportation department. That means that that department is beholden to all the commissioners and the mayor. And it seems like it's high time that organizations like Miami-Dade Expressway Authority that was chartered to create expressways, which we no longer need, um, Goes away, is dis, uh, just. Disbanded. Disbanded, Abolished. thank you. Abolished. and that a proper transit authority um, that has the expertise in creating transit for our entire county, not district by district, uh, is created.
1: Well, Marta, thank you so much for joining on the program, and we will have you on in the panel discussion in just right. a couple of minutes. Thank you. I'd like to welcome Miami Dade County Commission candidate Marien Vargas to the program. Marianne, thank you so much for joining me on the show tonight.
4: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today.
1: So, Marine, you're running in District Six against uh, Rebecca Sosa. She's been a commissioner for I think two decades now,
4: almost, almost,
1: yes. uh, close to. Uh, so, what is your position on transit, and how does that differ from from the commissioner's position on transit? Because you're running for a district that's right in the center of Miami Dade County, including West Miami and. Uh, the, you know, the Western, like Little Havana and that area. So what is your position on transit in Miami?
4: Well, in Miami, I believe that transit in Miami-Dade has to be completely refreshed and totally rethought because we are not focusing on the, the transit dependent folk that are, you know, using um, transit and it's very inefficient. It's, People don't like to use transit. And that's mainly one of the reasons that people are not using it. You know, they don't want to be late to work. They don't want to be stuck. Um, The buses break down often. So, you know, if you don't want to be late to work, you don't get on a bus. And that shouldn't be the mindset that we have here in our county.
1: So did it surprise you when Representative McGee mentioned that over 70% of Hispanics in Miami-Dade County and over 70% of Cuban Hispanics in Miami-Dade County, uh, according to a Telemundo Mason-Dixon poll that came out just last week. Did it surprise you to hear that such an overwhelming majority of Hispanics in Miami-Dade County want the metro rail to be expanded and want more transit?
4: Yes, because we keep voting for the same people that have not kept their promises. So my my views is how can we disagree so much with what our commissioners have we? have been doing but still we re-elect those same individuals because our commission has been stagnant for decades and they haven't solved this problem in you know 20 years so I really as a voter and as a resident and now as a candidate I really don't expect them now to do it.
1: Well there was a recent election in Mm -hmm. the district neighboring yours in district 5 where Eileen Higgins defeated the wife of a 20-year commissioner, and one of the central issues was the Kendall Expressway, which is a plan put forward by the administration to put 14 miles worth of expressway into West Miami-Dade County and expand the 836 into the Everglades and pave over some of Miami's most eco- ecologically, environmentally sensitive areas. Are you in favor of that plan, opposed to it, or and why?
4: I'm opposed to it. Because um, I am from Nicaragua, and I grew up in a farm. My family comes from a farm. And, you know, you have to respect Mother Nature. And the reason that we know we have climate change and global warming is because we haven't respected nature and we have been abusing it. And you can't put a price tag on our environment. And for too long, our politicians have been putting a price tag on it. And then we can't go back and fix it. You know, and this is the future of, of where our children are gonna live. And it's really, you know, we can't have another four years of the same.
1: Well, Marian, thank you so much for joining us. Give our audience and our listening audience your website so they can find out more and, and discuss this with you after the program on the internet.
4: Vargas for Miami 18, Vargas X Miami 18.
1: Vargas X Miami 18. And we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show.
0: She appears on the scene. Her body's on point and her walk is mean the crowd parts like the sea they can look but a touch they can only dream, dream. he loves a challenge so he licks his lips he's inspired by her arrogance his first words make her body tense she can't leap cause she feels his strength now she can't help but listen but she's down to her last defenses she says why you being so persistent he says i speak what i want to existence she never heard a man talk like this never seen somebody so confident Driven to the point of death. Guess what he wants? Even if it means no rest. the sweetest taste, he left a heart with a warm embrace, he took a mind to another place and the effects lasted for days, no ordinary love story exists that could illustrate how the spark was lit.
1: Ooh, welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show. And I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiamiradio.com. News, politics, culture, and more. Check it out at onlyinmiamiradio.com. And we are back live with Miami-Dade County Chairman, uh, Commission Chairman Esteban Bovo. Commissioner uh, Bovo, thank you so much for joining me on the
5: program tonight. Hey, I appreciate it, Grant. Sorry I can't be there in person, but I do appreciate the opportunity
1: it's our pleasure to have you on by phone tonight. So I'd like to start out by asking you, what is your position on the BRT plan that is being presented at City Hall or County Hall this week? And why do you believe that you should vote in that direction, whether for or against that plan?
5: Well, I think first and foremost, I'm a rail guy and I've been a rail guy since the beginning that we started this conversation. Um, I first uh, campaigned against the half-penny back when it was uh, being offered because I thought it was uh, a promise that was going to come woefully short of, of all, the, uh, all the beauty that was being promoted at that time. And, um, and I made it my responsibility to, once I got elected, to start working on this issue because I felt government needed to be transparent and answer to the promises and commitments it made to the voters. Now, on this issue of the South Corridor, I think it's very interesting that we have an opportunity here. Uh, there's a couple of variables that, that bleed between the BRT and rail. One of them is is that you need the stations and, uh, and you need the guardrails. And if both of those components that could ultimately be used for rail, I could get the state and the federal government to pay for two-thirds of it, then I think we should be exploring that end now. I do not believe we should stop there, and anybody that, that, you know, kind of advocates that BRT will be enough for the South, I'm not part of that group. I think we should use this $300 million investment, if the TPO approves it on Thursday, um, on this uh, Small Starts program, then I think we should take full advantage of that investment as we develop uh, the rail options all the way to Florida City that most of us would like to see happen.
1: Well, if not now, then when? When would Miami-Dade's South Corridor upgrade to rail when it's already the right-of-way that's probably the most well-developed and could support a lot of density to increase property tax collections pretty quickly?
5: And I think that's the key. You just nailed it. It's um, what about the density and how do we increase that ridership? Right now, the numbers that I've seen is that the South Corridor, which has a robust bus service going on now. Uh, has about sixteen to seventeen thousand riders uh, that are using the system we need to elevate that number we need to get that to somewhere about forty five to fifty thousand and grant one of the things that we've been working on diligently now over the last couple of years is is how do we look at the density around along the corridor how do we give value uh, to the possibility of in, increasing the development that's the closest to the corridor that that corridor that could give folks the ability to leave their car And once you start doing that, now you start reaching the potential rail numbers that we're looking for. And the other thing that we need to be mindful of, and again, I, I like to be open and transparent with folks on this conversation, is that today, in today's dollars grant, we don't have enough money to get to Florida City. I hate to say it because I want to be there, but we're not there yet. What we do have, what we do have is a lot of mechanisms that can lead us to that kind of dollar amount in the future. But then what I need is, in all honesty, I need a I need a private partner. I need somebody from the private sector to step up. And we've had a lot of people talk about doing it, but no one's actually made the bold step of saying, hey, we're here to invest today and reap the rewards tomorrow.
1: Well, how is the, the county going to increase ridership if you just go with what we have now? I mean, I understand the BRT might increase ridership, but as it stands today, it takes two hours to get from Florida City into downtown, is the BRT really going to be so reliable that it will decrease the amount of time it takes for that what is it twenty five mile trip down to twenty five minutes, which is what yeah I'm sorry,
5: yeah I'm sorry, yeah so there's two 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 components here for that. Number one, how do we increase the density along the corridor? What I've asked our RER staff and what we've been working on as the chair is looking at those corridors and not just the south but all the corridors and we've been examining all the zoning components, all the land use components along all those corridors and figure out where we could help create the density. The density should logically be wherever there is a station. And uh, what you need to do, obviously, is you need to promote the development the closer to the corridor and the stations, the better it is, because that way you can now start uh, creating a couple of things. You can solve actually a couple of problems by doing this. Workforce housing is one of them. You start diversifying your economy, as uh, allowing uh, development further away from the core of the city. And so that that's critical. Now, how do you get from Florida City to, let's say, uh, Dayland in 45 minutes? Well, the only way you do it is that you at each crossing uh, point, wherever the busway and, uh, you know, the lateral roads that intersect with the busway uh, meet, you need to have the guardrails that stop the traffic and allow that bus to move without any problem. The other thing you do in the stations is that you create the buses where they walk in and you've already paid to get them the bus. There's not paying Once you're on the bus or lining up, in in actuality, what you want is the closest thing to a train experience possible to keep creeping up those numbers. And then I think uh, from all the experts that I've spoken to, and this is what they've done basically worldwide, is once you have that development level up where you have smart development and you have the numbers that could feed the ridership, now, you start opening up the threshold for possibilities that uh, go far beyond what the county's capable of doing today, which, again, like I said earlier, is the private partners now could step forward and make a substantial investment.
1: So, Commissioner Bovo, I'm going to turn it over to the panel and we're going to all discuss this. So, everybody can hear you over here. And I saw Representative Keone McGee shaking his head a little bit. So, I wanted to get your reaction because we just heard Commissioner Bovo say quite a few things about transit. It's, it's obviously a difficult situation, but you represent the district that is most impacted by the south corridor that we we're just discussing.
2: Look, uh, Chairman Bovo, I consider him to be an honorable man. Uh, but if we're going to be realistic here and, and, and bring about transparency, we got to deal with the reality of what's really happening. This, what you're hearing today, is a movement to move the discussion to the, to the left. The real discussion is, What has taken the county so long to allow for the private companies to come in and build this rail? Secondly, the density issue. There's really no density issue. Our ridership is there. The the county bus system, as it stands today, without a doubt, has abandoned the people of South Dade. Therefore, the people of South Dade has abandoned the bus system. And for anyone to go on record and state that, we can guarantee you an increase in ridership if we get BRT, you have to question that proposition because of this. Currently, the county has already deemed the South Day bus Busway as a BRT, and that has failed. Secondly, the very things they are talking about, if we take this as a true proposition, something we can take back to the people and believe in, then we're basically saying let's build these stations only to come back and tear them down later, which is another way of being what I call involved in government waste and spending. And this is where we have problems with our local government. It has found a way to consistently fail the intent of what the people truly want. To go on record to say we will build now an infrastructure and come back later and fill it out with the rail, it's almost like it's pie in the sky. It's not going to happen.
1: So I'd like to ask uh, Marta Viciedo with Miami Transit Alliance, do you agree with the plan to put in these stations, these BRT stations today, and do you believe that it will lead to trains in the future, which is, I believe, what Commissioner Bovo is saying that the, the new county plan is.
3: I will be... I will be perfectly honest, this is a very, very, very tough choice. Uh, Representative McGee is exactly on point. The county has abandoned every single bus rider. Uh, our our system is literally falling apart. We did a five-week study on the bus service, and yes, there is a drop in ridership, and there are also significantly less buses to ride. Our buses are breaking down, they don't even come out of the garage. I mean the system has, is, is failing its riders. And so to go and ask for people to put more uh, confidence and, and more trust into a system that has already failed them using the same mode is a huge ask. It's, it's essentially the same as asking residents to fund another half-penny surtax. It's on the same level. Um, on, the other, on the other hand, I will be fair, the, ex, the, the urgency is there and to expedite a solution to the need, I, I understand the, the, how attractive it is, and rail will take longer to build. I mean that is a reality of it, um, so I understand the allure, but at the same time, I, you know I, I, I really don 't know how you, the, the county has put itself into a rock between a rock and a hard place um, and really has to make amends for all of its failed promises and you know and if the, the people want rail, and the representative is <laughs> behind it. I, I don't think that there's much wiggle room at this point, even for an organization like ours, that we, yeah, we do see the issues with the, with the development and the density. I do see those issues. I, I, they're there. but
2: Grant, let me, and let me chime in, and, and, and great analysis ahead. here. The only reason it would take 7 to 10 years to build out a rail, that is to allow Miami-Dade County to lead the charge and build a rail. If you would allow the same people, who worked on brightline and the same people who built the Miami Port Tunnel they have gotten they've gotten a, 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 to, to the position and precisely they're able to build the exact same thing in less than 4 years and this is from design and build to the point where we are permitting so t- everything everything so I do not trust the county to build a rail. I do not trust, and neither do the people in Miami-Dade County trust the county to build anything. The county has shown time and time again, and, and, and I don't want to take up all the time, and, and maybe this is a question somebody can answer. Sure. There are currently a set amount of buses that should leave the, the, the hub. Yep, there's three central th- stations. Three central stations every day that number is reduced by 20% daily every time they open the doors to those stations. So you're not getting 100% of the buses that are coming out. Yeah. You're only getting
4: 80% of the buses. So okay, Marianne, I, I can see a, you have some comments
1: yes, here. This um, is Marien Vargas. She's a candidate for Miami-Dade Commission yes, District, for District Six. 6.
4: And, you know, the, the word that I keep hearing over and over again is trust. There is no trust in our commission. And we see, we saw... We saw it with Eileen's win. You know, we have given them enough, more than enough opportunities, more than enough time for them to do their job, and they haven't. So we can't, you know, expect, like you said, we can't trust them to do it. And, you know, the county is gridlocked with traffic. I live on 8th Street, so I see it every morning. And, you know, these are people's lives. These are people's quality of life. And our commissioners, unfortunately, they've been there too long, And they have no sense of urgency. They have been very complacent with the problems, you know, that affect our residents. And, you know, I think that with a new blood, a new commission, um, the people's trust in government will be restored.
1: So I'm going to ask one lightning round question to everybody. This is a one or two word answer. Yes, uh, Commissioner Bobo.
5: With yeah, you there, I'm you sorry, Grant, because I I, I I heard a lot of stuff, and, uh, and I think first and foremost, let me say hello to Representative uh, Keone McGee. Hope you're doing well. I'm sure we'll be seeing each other in the next couple of days. Um, I think it's important, and it's important to understand something. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go
6: ahead. The
5: issue of transportation in Miami-Dade County did not uh, all of a sudden collapse overnight. It is... 40 years perhaps of neglect uh, of perhaps development that wasn't done the right way of a culture in south florida that that does not use the bus would prefer the vehicle in fact the uh, many times the first step in the american success story is to be able to get your car that means freedom for a lot of folks and this is a dynamic that we we play in I'm not a fan of our transit department, never have been. In fact, I've been one of its ardent critics. But I have to become a realist. And if we want to be realistic, then we have to be able to work with the numbers that we have today. And unfortunately, unless a private venture comes in and decides to invest the billions of dollars that we need to magically address all our corridors and and outfit all our corridors rail, it just isn't going to happen. Now, I could come and, and give you a story, and I could grandstand on the item, but I think, I think many residents are, are tired of that. And since I wasn't a participant back then in the half penny, and like I said earlier, I, I campaigned against it because I knew it was a false promise. The reality is that the only way you could fulfill the vision that all of us would like to see in Miami-Dade County, and by the way, there's every single commissioner working extremely hard to make this a reality, is that you need – To have the money if you don't have the money and the state formulas and the federal formulas which by the way delay a lot of our opportunities to tap into those dollars if that can't be tweaked okay then what you're looking at is six seven years down the line before something happens and I think Marta said it very clearly the patience and I know it because I live it on my streets every single day the patience of folks wanting to see something happen even if it's a down payment to the future and they were willing to do it, but they need to see some sort of serious effort. Short of that, short of that, we will be here having the same discussion, maybe with different players, for the next six or seven years, and nothing, nothing will happen. Now's the time to at least take the steps forward and hold your elected officials accountable. And I join with Keone McGee in, in our vision to get rail to Florida City. But let's do it realistically and not just simply say, just out of hand, it's going to happen and, and blame the county and blame somebody else. We could blame a lot of people all the way around, from the federal to the state government to the local government. Now's our opportunity to take a bold step. And I think the residents in South Dade will appreciate, will appreciate a sincere gesture that helps us get rail to the future.
1: So we've got about five minutes left, and we want to take some questions from the audience. They're very excited, and I want to do this very quick flash poll. We're going to start with Commissioner Bovo. I want a two-word answer maximum. Are you in favor of consolidating the many, many transit agencies that have not worked to date, the, the, the TPO, the MDX, the, the, all the different agencies, into a single transit authority? I'm going to start with Commissioner Bovo. Just a two-word answer.
5: That was one word, yes.
1: Yes, okay. Uh, Keone McGee? Yes.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm jumping it.
4: Absolutely, yes.
1: Okay, so I'd like to take a question from the audience. I want to see hands. Everybody's got a question. Okay, question. Come on up. Come on over. Hurry up. Let's do it. Quick one, quick one.
6: Hi, my name is Angela Schleichoff. Um I have a quick question. Ridership. So this is still South Florida. We're not New York. How do you plan to get people? on our mass transit to take these public transportation um be a part of the public transportation programs and um, fill up the transit. Yes.
1: Thank you. You're
6: looking at me so.
4: <laughs> yes. So as commissioner, um, I think that we need to invest as much as, you know, right now they're investing in marketing and getting our residents um, excited about um, transit but first of all we have to make it dependable i think you know it's very disorganized i'm i come from the banking world and i'm totally shocked you know about the inefficiency in our transit and transit has to be dependable in order for people to use it so you know to your question the first thing that asking. i will focus on as commissioner is to be there and make sure that it's dependable. And if I have to ride every bus, you know, and follow with, because that's the type of person I am, and the people that know me from the condos know it, um, I will ride every bus with every person that's in charge in that department and say, you know, until we don't get it right, I'm not leaving, and I'm going to stay here until we fix this problem. So I think that's more of the on-hands approach that I bring to the commission.
1: So Commissioner Bovo, please give us an answer to uh, Angela's question in just one minute uh what would you do to angela, increase ridership
5: yeah i'm sorry angela the only way to increase the ridership is, is dependability on the system and in the in the busway since you already have a segregated corridor you can increase the time factor in the efficiencies once that bus does not have to stop at every intersection and once that bus does not have to delay itself in loading folks if you if you take into account when that bus stops and there's somebody with a handicap the bus driver has to help that person basically board the train. It, I'm sorry, the bus. It doesn't happen when you ride Metrorail. And the new buses should be fitted in a way that allows people to board it immediately without having that delay in process. As you build that efficiency, that will draw riders. Your p- bigger problem, though, is in the other bus corridors, you don't have segregated buses. The bus goes in traffic, and if you're stuck in traffic on a bus, your delay in getting to where you want to go to is now multiplied by two or three.
1: All righty. Thank you. And Marta Vissieto, you, you had something to say on this topic. As, as, as
3: quickly as I can, uh, in addition to making the service dependable, that's absolutely valid, you stop believing that the part of the American dream is getting a car. That is absolutely the, the worst thing that we can continue to believe. It is not part of the American dream when you go to New York City. It is not part of the American dream when you go to Washington, D.C. It is not part of the American dream when you move to a city that is well transit-served. It is, it is, well, that is a, that what, what the, uh, Angela said is, is follow their motto. That is what we have to do. We have got to stop building highways. We have got to stop accommodating cars. That is how you build ridership. Okay, we've
1: got time for just one question and one short answer. Go ahead.
6: Cindy Lerner, I have a question for, the, for Commissioner Bovo. A couple months ago, the commission saw the, uh, their, their own failure to uh, go out to the P3 market and see what kind of private financing and willingness there was, and they ordered the county to go forward with a request for invitation. So why are you insisting that there be a vote this week for a particular mode uh, of BRT when you won't have had an opportunity to look for the options that are out there. And what happens if you go out to um, the, the federal government for funding for BRT and then the hoped for P3 comes forward willing to do not just the South, but a north-south corridor that would give us rail from one end of the county to the other, where, what do you do when you're in that position? You've already asked for money from the federal government, yet we now have the option we've been hoping for.
1: We, we just have one minute left, Commissioner Bobo.
5: Okay, and I'll try to, I'll try to answer that long question. So here, here Mayor, this is the, the answer, is we could go ahead and apply for a small starts program, it has nothing to do with a private entity stepping forward. And on the contrary, if the private entity comes forward and the county approves whatever they're proposing, the small start application stops at that moment. There's no, there's no harm in it. All this is is basically taking a step forward. And by the way, this invitation to basically examine the non uh, or the um, the for-profit companies out there that could invest in the P3s. That legislation was submitted by me because I understand exactly where you're coming from, Mayor. I'm trying to create the conditions that allow for that P3 to invest. But nothing, nothing stops the Small Start program from being able to move forward at all. Um, We
1: have very little time Commissioner, but I'd like to give Keone just 30 seconds to to respond, and then we've got to go. Grant, in a rapid response,
2: we we know three things, right? Our current commissioner, our current congressman in, in D.C., has already stated that the county has failed to request start, small start grants for over 10 years. So we know that's not gonna happen. And the last thing I can honestly tell you right now is, why are we rushing the vote when the P3s, the RFIs will be due by August 30th? Let's wait until August 30th until we receive the RFIs from the private companies to determine what it is that they think can happen as opposed to rushing this vote.
1: And that is all the time we have for tonight's Only in Miami show. But it's been my pleasure here at Shots in Wynwood, 311 Northwest 23rd Street. We're going to be back out here hopefully every month. Come out to Shots, they have a bunch of drink specials, including the brand new Francis Suarez shot. And that is all the time we have for tonight's program. This is the Only in Miami show.